The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time for Americans to grow up and become financially responsible. Let's talk about something important. If you're in it for the money, that's not a bad thing. Do you realize how much money he just saved us? This is The Financial Physician with Lou Scatigna. The Financial Physician. It's the fastest hour in Money Talk Radio. It's also my pleasure to see to it that decent, hardworking people in this community aren't robbed blind by a pack of money-mad pirates. This is financial advice you can take to the bank. He's your money man. Show me the money. Your source for straightforward, no-nonsense financial advice. Bring me your money questions, because I'm here to help. And now, here he is, the financial physician, America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna. Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome to the financial physician, where we talk money, politics, and markets, and not necessarily in that order. And uh, we take your phone calls if you're interested, 866-472-5790 is the call number. We take any question on any money matter that affects your life. And uh, let's start off talking about the end game for the Federal Reserve. Now, the Federal Reserve is an extremely important institution right now. Well, it has been an extremely important institution for years, obviously. But uh, over the last five years, it has been elevated to a level of really where the entire world is controlled by it and its actions. And we know uh, in 2008, after the crisis, the Federal Reserve moved to, uh, uh, into their quantitative easing programs uh, that, that have gone un- unabated for five years, basically. They've just been printing money, and their view has been that if you print money and you buy up treasury bonds and, and mortgage bonds, that you'll be able to keep interest rates low and you'll stimulate the economy. The, the economy will turn around, housing prices will rise, uh, employment will get better, and then they would um, basically reverse the process. A, stop or slow down their money printing and their bond buying, and then ultimately sell all the bonds that are on their balance sheet. That's pretty much the game plan. That was the game plan. But there's no way that that's the way it's going to play out. And there's no way it can play out that way. Just before the financial crisis in the, the, the summer of 2008, the Federal Reserve had roughly a little under $800 billion on its balance sheet. I mean, and that's how many securities and treasury bonds and things that the Federal Reserve had and owned. Since then, it's ballooned to almost $4 trillion. Well, how did that happen? Well, the Federal Reserve just electronically creates money. And buys bonds from the big dealers on Wall Street. About $45 billion a month of treasury bonds and about $40 billion a month of mortgage-backed bonds. And they have been doing it and doing it month after month after month. And then what happens is uh, it goes on their balance sheet. It goes into their inventory with the idea that someday in the future they will sell it. But the problem that we have here is that... uh, by purchasing up all those bonds, they become almost the entire market 
for certain securities. And they've been the buyer of about 70% of all U.S. debt that's been issued this year. So the Fed has become the buyer of last resort. So how can they stop doing it? Well, the bottom line is they can't. And the mere suggestion that they would taper, say go from $85 billion a month to $75 billion a month, uh, sent the markets for a, a, to a tizzy in June and July. Stock market went down. The yield on a 10-year Treasury bond went from one5 to 3 It's currently 2.8. All on the suggestion that it may happen. What do you think would happen to financial markets if the Fed actually did it? Actually tapered or started slowing its purchasing or stopped altogether? That's the only thing that's been keeping this economy together from totally imploding. And when we say $85 billion a month, you know, it's $85 billion. What does it mean? It's $85,000 million. Because a billion is a thousand million. So if they're they're printing, digitally printing eighty five billion dollars, they're creating eighty five thousand million and buying eighty five thousand million worth of bonds, and that theoretically has kept interest rates low, kept mortgage rates relatively low. But what happens when it stops? And they're not the buyer in the market buying that much. Billions of dollars worth of bonds every month. Interest rates go up. The economy goes down. Mortgage rates go up. Housing prices go down. And the stock market goes down with it. And the only reason why we see the stock market at record highs in this dreadful economy is because of this quantitative easing program of the Fed. That money goes into dealers' hands on Wall Street and it finds its way into the stock market. And it's continually pushing it up. And my big concern now is that at record highs, now we're starting to see the, 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 the guy on the street thinking he's got to be in the market, that he's missing something. And the guy on the street's always the last one there. And I think we're very, very close to uh, uh, something really bad happening there. So there's no possible way the Fed could, could really stop because it would just crash the economy. Interest rates would soar. The dollar would go down. Uh, all kinds of bad things would happen. And with the Fed monetizing 70% of the debt, how can they stop? Who's going to buy our debt? We're borrowing something like $3.7 billion a day. You know, every hour we borrow $100 million. Every hour of every day. $100 million we steal from our generations to come and it has to do with out of control politicians they just want to spend 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 so they're either going to have to slow down and stop quantitative easing or they're going to have to continue it forever until we go into a weimar germany uh type of situation where people flee the the, the dollar and where Inflation takes off like you've never seen before. And that would be something to see. And it would be nothing like the 2008 financial crisis. It would be multiples worse. And it would be multiples worse than 1929. You know, and uh, the, the big lie you, you hear on the mainstream media is that... Um, Quantitative easing is actually economic stimulus. 
It really has not stimulated the economy. That's not what it is. And CNBC's of the world to come out and they'll say the Federal Reserve decided today that the economic stimulus must continue. And it's not economic stimulus. It's not what it is. It's a lie. In fact, a former Federal Reserve official um, that helped manage the Federal Reserve's QE program a couple of years back, he did it during 2009 and 2010, uh, he's now publicly apologizing to the rest of the country for being involved in, quote, unquote, the greatest backdoor Wall Street bailout of all time. That all this quantitative easing did was bail out the big banks on Wall Street. And I've been saying that here for a long time. It hasn't helped Main Street. But it certainly has helped Wall Street, at least temporarily. It's helped Wall Street in that uh, their reserves are earning interest at the Federal Reserve with no risk. And since the Fed is giving them money and buying bonds off their balance sheet, they can take that money and put it with the Federal Reserve and earn interest for doing nothing. And it helps these big investment banks because the stock market's going up. But meanwhile, you have a... Um, the median household income in the United States falling five years in a row. And uh, the federal government now is spending nearly a trillion dollars um, on welfare every year. And we have record number of people on food stamps and other government programs. And now we have Obamacare. The gift that just keeps giving. And why would anybody hire anybody knowing that they would have to cover their insurance costs at inflated levels? It was bad enough hiring people and, and giving them insurance when insurance was quote-unquote affordable. But right now, insurance rates are going through the roof and are no longer affordable. I, would, couldn't, even, I couldn't even possibly think about hiring somebody at my firm. I wouldn't do it. If they had their own health insurance, their spouse had worked somewhere and they, had their, they were covered, fine. I don't have 50 employees. I don't have to worry about being mandated to cover everybody. But we do cover everybody in my office at an incredible cost. Our Blue Shield, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield, um, average family, 1800 a month, HMO. That's before the increase that's coming. And I was told by my insurance agent, expect a 40 to 80% increase next year. Who could afford that? And again, that's going to hurt jobs as well. And we'll talk more about Obamacare on the other side of the break. China made an announcement in the last two weeks that I, I just thought was huge, an absolute bombshell. And of course, it was ignored by the mainstream media. The Central Bank of China has decided that it's, quote, no longer in China's favor to accumulate foreign exchange reserves, unquote. What does that mean? Well, to people who understand financial jargon, it means that they no longer want U.S. dollars accumulating at their central bank. During the third quarter of 2013, China's foreign uh, exchange reserves were valued at approximately $3.66 trillion. Of course, uh, the biggest chunk uh, is U.S. dollars, which is over $2 trillion. I don't know how much over $2 trillion, but it's over $2 trillion. And for years, China has been propping up their currency and trying to uh, 
trying to strengthen our currency and keep their currency low. And that keeps their products that they're manufacturing cheap and we'll continue to import them. And they've benefited by that. All that cheap stuff you see in Walmart and dollar stores, where do you think it comes from? It comes from China and cheap labor. I read something the other day. A guy says, uh, he says, uh, the phrase made in China is probably the most common phrase in any American household if you look through the house and look through goods. But that phrase is repeated often in most homes. And I, and I believe it. And now they're saying that they no longer want to uh, increase their dessert. And that means that they're not going to buy our bonds anymore. They don't want dollar-denominated assets. That's what they're saying. And they're also starting to do commerce in oil and other things, utilizing their own currency or precious metals and avoiding the dollar. This is huge news, and it's very, very dollar-negative. And it goes into what I was saying before about the Federal Reserve. What's their end game? Their end game can't be that they're going to stop printing money. They're going to have to, and they're going to have to continue to do it uh, more aggressively as countries like China start dumping U.S. bonds and interest rates start to go up. And uh, they're going to continue to do it and they're going to continue to grow it until we have that hyperinflationary event. That's the end game, and that's the path we're going down. All right, we're going to take a short break. Our phone number eight six six four seven two fifty seven ninety. That's the phone number. My name is Luz Katigny. You're listening to the Financial Physician right here on Voice America's Business Channel. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. We spend 70% of our week in the office. What is the difference between enjoying your job and enduring it? The number one motivator is a positive work environment. And that's where Real Recognition Radio comes in. Join your hosts, Roy Saunderson and S. Max Brown, as they take a look at the positive factors of the workplace, such as employee rewards, recognition, incentives, and much more. Tune in to Real Recognition Radio, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Financial Physician. And America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna, is here to help you. Call with your questions now at 1-866-472-5790. That's toll free. 1-866-472-5790. Once again, here's Lou. All right, before the break, we're talking about the Federal Reserve, how they're printing money like crazy, they're buying our debt, and how China now is uh, starting to pull away from the U.S. dollar and publicly said it. The head of their central bank said it uh, just a week or so ago that their, uh, uh, their words were that they no longer favor increasing foreign currency. 
and the vast majority of the foreign currency that they were amassing is U.S. dollars. So, you know, it's a it's it's not even a veiled threat that they're not going to be buying our bonds or or aren't going to be selling our dollars. They, they, they came right out and said it. And could you blame them? Why would you want to hold trillions of dollars of a currency of a country that's printing $85 billion a month and God knows what's going on behind the scenes that we don't know about, debasing the currency, and then you have all these treasury bonds in dollar-denominated, and do you trust them? That those are going to be worth anything? That you're going to get paid back in dollars that have any value? Uh, I wouldn't want to own U.S. dollars, and China came out and said it. And they have been selling dollars. They've been doing it slowly. They've been diversifying into gold. But what this is a veiled threat here, it's not a veiled threat. It's basically saying is that don't count on China to be at the bond auction anymore. And count on China to be a net seller, which is huge, huge. Now, China has some of its own problems right now. Its economy uh, is, is, is had reckless money creation there as well. Actually, even worse than the United States, China is, is most likely the king of money creation. Over the past five years, Chinese uh, bank loans have grown from about $9 trillion to more than $24 trillion. So these Chinese banks have been loaning. Well, the only way you can loan is if you get it from the central bank, which creates it. The banks get it from the central bank, and then they loan it out. Uh... That's an incredible increase in loans. $9 trillion to $24 trillion? This has been fueled by the greatest private debt binge that the world has ever seen. Families going into debt to invest in properties and things like that. In five years, in just five years, the amount of money that has been loaned out by banks in China is roughly equivalent to the amount of debt that the U.S. government has accumulated since the end of the Reagan administration. Which is a huge amount of money. Uh, the problem now is that a lot of these loans aren't being repaid. And that's causing some problems to the banking system. And uh, that's why their economy is at risk. And what they've been doing, I mean, China's been buying up everything. They've been buying up natural resources all around the world, gold mines, copper mines, oil production. Uh, as a matter of fact, in, um, China has bought basically the entire oil production of Ecuador. A whole country's worth of production is going right to China. And they've secured that through trade deals and, and the such. Chinese are buying housing in the United States. Do you know that? Chinese have uh, been actually shopping big in California, uh, and they're paying cash. They're getting the cash, they're borrowing it in China to come in here, and they're paying cash for properties. And these homes range from the mid-700,000s to well over a million. Cash is king, and they have seemingly endless amounts of it, and they're overbidding everybody. The Chinese recently bought one of the most important landmarks in downtown, One Chase Plaza that J.P. Morgan owned for $725 million. And by the way, that building has the largest vault for precious metals 
down on Wall Street besides the Federal Reserve. So I wonder what they're going to do with that. Uh, early this year, or it was late last year, I'm not sure, the Chinese bought our largest pork producer. Did you hear about this? Smithfield Foods. Largest pork producer and processor in the world. It has facilities in 26 U.S. states and employs tens of thousands of Americans. Directly owns 460 farms and has contracts with approximately 2,100 others. So uh, now a Chinese company has bought Smithfield Foods for $4.7 billion. And that means that the Chinese will now be the most important employer in dozens of rural states and communities across America. That's what they're doing with money. Coming over here and purchasing everything they can get. And they're really interested in purchasing real money, which is gold and silver. Uh, in the last few years, the Chinese have been, been buying thousands of tons of gold. Thousands of tons of gold. Why aren't Americans doing that? Why is it Chinese that are doing it? And meanwhile, actually, the Western world, we've been unloading our gold. And it's all been going over to Asia. Real money. And we're going to run out of our own gold here if we haven't run out already. So the Chinese aren't helping. They're not going to help the situation. Uh, and um, the Federal Reserve, as I said before, will continue to print and debase the currency. And ultimately, we're going to have a major inflation problem. Now, people talk to me all the time. Lou, gold's going down. What do we do? I mean, it's $1,200 an ounce. You know, it was 1900 Maybe inflation's not coming. Maybe uh, it's all going to be okay. No, the only reason why gold is where it is is because of the paper market manipulations from Wall Street and the Federal Reserve that are preventing gold from going up. Days that it should go up, it goes down. Every time the COMEX opens in America, gold goes straight down. Not every day, but most days. Waterfall declines always happen in New York. It's the paper gold market. It's not the real gold market. There's been record demand for American Eagle gold and silver coins this year. There's been record demand of gold in Asia. And Americans haven't even thought about buying gold. And they will have, uh, by the time they come to the party, we're going to be looking at much, much higher prices. And everything I laid out for you in the first two segments of this program, what the Federal Reserve is doing, what the end game is. And now what it ultimately means is, is, is hyperinflation and currency collapse. That's what gold and silver are for, for that event, and to protect you from that event. Forget what happens in between now and that event. It doesn't matter. just gives you an opportunity to buy some more cheaper. And the best way to buy gold and silver is to buy little bits, you know, every month or so, and dollar crust average, and continue to build your ounces. Because, again, it's not what it's worth today that matters. It's what it's worth when the event happens. And all the things I laid out for you up to this point tells you that the event is going to occur. The question is when. The question is when. And I believe it's closer than five years. Meaning it could be next month or it could be five years from now. But I believe it's in that window which is obviously a very short amount of time. Let's shift gears a little bit. Recent poll came out, uh, which uh, I, I was amazed at. 
68% of Americans believe the country is on the wrong track. 68%. Is that disturbing or what? And how do you feel? I mean, I'm one of those 68%. I don't see a, a great future for our country, the way it's being run now. The way we're slipping into socialism, totalitarianism, surveillance state, debtor nation, welfare state, entitlements country. But uh, to hear that 68% of Americans believe the country is on the wrong track and only 23.5% of all Americans believe the country is on the right track. I wonder who those people are, those 23.5%. They think everything's hunky-dory. And many people are just going to be blindsided by what's going to hit them. And those who are prepared will be prepared for it. And that's the purpose of this program is to come out here and lay out what's really happening to your country, in your country, to the Western world. And prepare you for what the ultimate result of this is going to be. Again, the end game. And why wouldn't people think we're on the wrong track with all these things that have come out? The IRS targeting political enemies of the administration. Um, uh, the, the Benghazi issue. The health care rollout, which has been nothing but a disaster. As people find out that uh, they're getting canceled. And if they can replace their policies, it's going to be much, much more expensive. In some cases, hundreds of percentage higher than it is now. Here's a story on Obamacare. The Foundry, I guess that's a magazine, I don't know the, the publication, recently posted a story that detailed the extreme hardship that Obamacare is going to impose on one middle-class family in Sonora, California. This particular family is very healthy. It does not have a history of health problems. But until now, they have had a health insurance policy with Anthem Blue Cross, and they've been very happy with it. Back in 2011, the family was paying $389 a month for health insurance. In 2012, due to changes in California law, that figure went up to $499 a month, 25% increase. Now this family has just received a letter informing them that their current plan is being canceled, and if they want a new plan, it's going to cost them $1,252 a month. Now, needless to say, um, that news did not go over well with this family. We're paying $389 in 2011, $1,252 now, which is two of the Obama lies. They can keep your insurance if you like it. No. Total lie. And that your insurance uh, would go down on average to $2,500 a year. Lie. Now, can you come up with an extra $753 a month just like that? Uh, most people certainly cannot. So they're either going to go without health insurance, pay the penalty, which means the country's going to pay for it anyway, Medicaid, whatever. They've got to be taken care of if they're sick, right? Or they're going to have to stop spending everything, uh, all discretionary expenditures, which will tank the economy. Think about it. What if every American family had $750 less a month to spend? What would that do to our GDP? But that's exactly what Obamacare is doing. It's wrecking the economy. 
to massive redistribution of wealth, and it is a economy killer and a jobs killer. And there's no wonder why um, 68% of Americans believe we're on the wrong track. Wait three months from now. It's going to be 90%. That's how bad things are going to get once people realize how they're truly going to be affected uh, by Obamacare. Right, time for another break. 866-472-5790, the phone number. My name is Lou Scatigna. Don't go away. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. On The Financial Physician, we don't just cover the good time financial news. We cover the good, the bad, and the ugly. Have a question for America's money doctor, Lou Scatigna? Call him now. It's toll-free. 1-866-472-5790. Or email the show. Here's the address. Lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Now, back to Lou. All right, before the break, I was telling you about a family in California who's uh, getting Obamacare sticker shock. And uh, a couple of years ago, their premiums were three eighty nine a month. Um, in two thousand and twelve, they went up to four ninety nine a month. They could still live with that. Uh, they liked their policy. Uh, they were notified they were going to be canceled. Their current plan was being canceled, and that if they wanted a new plan, uh, it was going to cost twelve hundred and fifty two dollars a month, an increase of seven hundred and fifty three dollars a month. And again. Very, very small percentage of families can afford that kind of increase or hit to their budget. So if they're going to have health insurance for their family, they got to cut their budget elsewhere. And in this article, they listed you know some things that they can cut. How did they get there? Stop paying an extra payment on a mortgage. You were paying $100 more a month trying to get that principal down. Stop eating out. Don't go to the movies. Get a haircut every other month. Stop getting manicures. Stop monthly charitable donations to Wounded Warrior and Habitat for Humanity. Stop saving for an annual anniversary getaway. No no Christmas gifts to extended family. Quit buying beef at the grocery store. Buy chicken. 
Only clean your teeth once a year. I mean, at the dentist, I should say. Cancel all magazine and newspaper subscriptions. Cut uh, dish service to a cheaper plan. And cancel landline's phone service. If they make all these cuts, the family will save $791 a month and be able to pay for their health insurance. So it's understandable that this family uh, um, is not feeling very optimistic about the future right now. And uh, at the end of the article, uh, the woman is, is quoted as saying, quote, I fear for what's coming, unquote. I fear for what's coming. And I think that's the way we all feel. I, I think that's why 68% uh, of people, not just Obamacare, it's everything. It's the way the economy's been, uh, no quality jobs. People see what's going on in Washington, the, the bitter political fights that are going on down there. We see our, our freedoms being taken away every day by tyrannical government. We don't know if the IRS is going to audit us just because they're trying to get back at us or we, we got somebody mad. Uh, it, it's, it's scary stuff. And believe me, I talk to a lot of people. I have six or 700 clients somewhere in that neighborhood. And I talk to them all the time. And I've never heard such despair in their voices. And mo- most of my clients are older people. So, you know, they know America at its greatest. They were the greatest generation. And they see where we're going now and they just shake their heads and they can't believe it. And they're fearful, not for themselves, because they're, they're at the end of the road right now, but they're fearful for their grandchildren, their children, what they're going to have to live in with. I got to tell you, many of my clients are uh, pulling money out of their investment funds just to help their children. And I'm seeing this in massive ways. I've never seen anything like it. So there's a very, and that's that's horrible when when the country 68% think we're on the wrong track. I mean, that's uh, somebody's not doing their job. When, when you have that kind of, I don't even know if it's ever been that bad. And then we have a a country that's just, you know, riding in a sea of red ink. And that's not going to stop again, as we were talking about earlier, with the Federal Reserve printing money, buying bonds, our big deficit in debt. How that's going to come home to roost. And now we got this this Obamacare thing, which really is a self-inflicted fatal wound to the economy. It, It is. It is absolutely a disaster. And it's, 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 most people don't even know the extent of the disaster to our healthcare system this is and to our economy. How could people be getting hit with 40, 80, 200% increases in their health insurance premiums? And they knew it. They knew it that this was going to happen. It was the only way it was going to work. If you're going to insure people with pre-existing conditions that are walking into an insurance company and going to run up extremely high bills right off the bat, and if you're going to cover 30 million Americans who don't have health insurance with subsidies and all that kind of stuff, the premiums had to go up. They knew it. They knew it in June of 2010. And meanwhile, the president repeatedly came out to us and said, if you want to keep your doctor, you keep your doctor. Well, that's not true. If you go into a new plan and he's not in that network, then you don't keep your doctor. There's another reason why you won't keep your doctor. Let me see if I have it in front of me in the stack here. Let's see. Uh, thousands, I don't have it in front of me, but the, the gist of it is thousands of doctors being let go by one insurance company. 
thousands of, of, of doctors that were in that network are being let go out of that network. So if you have an insurance contract with that company, you don't keep your doctor. Next, you don't keep your plan. And third, the third lie was premiums would go down. That's what was needed to be done to sell it to us and push it through Congress by the skin of their teeth on a, a partisan, 100% party line vote. And that's after bribing a number of senators with billions of dollars a year of tax money to get them to come along. Now, are you a smoker? Oh, boy, Obamacare slams smokers. Do you know that? Well, you will know sooner or later. Smokers are going to pay about 50% more in premiums than non-smokers. Did you know that? And unlike drug addicts or alcoholics or obese people, all these people represent higher than normal uh, medical costs. Smokers are the only such group with a pre-existing condition that Obamacare penalizes. Do not. It allows insurance companies to charge smokers up to 50% more than non-smokers for an identical policy, depending on the state and any subsidies the person may qualify for. For example, premiums for a 60-year-old non-smoker, according to the Kaiser Health Calculator, cost 9000 a year for a standard silver insurance plan. The same policy for a smoker could cost 13600 Quote, I can't afford any insurance at that rate, smoker Don Hampson said. I thought that was what Obamacare was about, to stop all this. Ah, people are starting to learn what Obamacare really is. Now, 11 states, I don't know what they are, stepped in to prevent the surcharge, um, but the majority have not. And in those states, insurers uh, will decide the surcharge. And, uh, you know, I can understand that. Actually, I can understand why smokers would pay more for health insurance. Uh, they get cancer. They get emphysema. I can understand that. They, they, you know, but why treat them differently than alcoholics who get liver disease and other issues? Or obese people who have their medical issues because they're, they're overweight? Uh, the single out smokers are trying to get people to stop smoking. And, um, but here's the good news if you're a smoker. You may get away. You may escape the penalty in the first year of Obamacare next year. Uh, thanks to another computer glitch in the federal website, which can't seem to charge older smokers the proper amount. Uh, but that's not necessarily true in all states, according to this article. So again, Obamacare strikes again. Again, remember what they said. You had to pass it to know what's in it. Well, it was more than that. You had to experience it to know what's in it. And we've had three years go by since it passed, and it didn't affect anybody. And let me tell you something. If November 2013 was a presidential election year, Obama would be trounced by anybody. You put up any candidate. Republicans put up any candidate, they win. If we all knew today what we knew 
We knew then what we knew today regarding Obamacare itself and all the other scandals and lies that were told to us by this government. Uh, it would be a landslide victory. If Romney was running against Obama today, uh, he would win hands down, in my opinion. And if anybody would vote Obama in, what they know about him and Obamacare today, then the country deserves what it gets. Really. And again, we don't know exactly what this means until you experience it. I didn't know that my premium was going up 40 to 80%. I didn't know that until just recently. Anybody going on the exchanges didn't know if they were successful enough to find out. Didn't know that their premiums were going up 100% or more. They didn't know. Now they know. And this is happening to both Democrats and Republicans. It's not limited to conservatives. It's not limited to Republicans. Democrats and liberals are experiencing this as well. And you know what? When you hit their pocketbooks, they're as outraged as everybody else. And the next thing we have to deal with is physicians. Many physicians, and I know I have physicians as clients, uh, have begun talking their children out of going to medical school. Compensation is falling for doctors, especially for Medicaid and Medicare patients. Doctors must now see more patients each day to meet their expenses. And then they have mountains of paperwork and computer stuff they have to do um, that's mandated by the healthcare law. Because, of course, the government wants to know everything about your healthcare, you see? Everything about you. And, and the forecast uh, shortage of doctors has become a real problem. It started in 2000. Um, it's going to start in 2014 when uh, Obamacare cut $716 billion from Medicare to accommodate 30 million newly insured people through the expansion of Medicaid. More importantly, the predicted shortage of 42,000 primary care physicians and that of specialists such as heart surgeons um, was vastly underestimated. It didn't take into account Obamacare's effect on doctors retiring early, refusing new patients, or going into concierge medicine. Concierge medicine is kind of neat if you could afford it. You pay the doctor somewhere between $500 and $3,000 per year, and you see the doctor whenever you need to see him. No insurance involved. You get priority appointments. He's not rushing because he has a limited number of, of patients he's going to take. And you get better care. That's what doctors are doing now. And a lot of doctors now are going to work for hospitals. They're not having their own practice anymore. Uh, or they've stopped taking new patients. Or they've stopped taking Medicaid patients. Or they've stopped taking Medicare patients. Because they're not getting compensated enough. So what happens when there's no doctors left to take Medicare and Medicaid patients? Again, Obamacare is a disaster. It's a wrecking ball to the healthcare system of America, which was the finest healthcare system in the world. And it's a wrecking ball to the economy. It's a destructive thing. And I don't know if there's any stopping it now, but I think somebody needs to hit that little red stop button before it's too late. I have one more segment left in the program. My name is Lou Skatigna. You're listening to The Financial Physician right here on the Business Channel on voiceamerica.com. Don't go away.
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network the financial physician your source for straightforward no-nonsense financial advice call america's money doctor right now it's toll free 1-866-472-5790 you can also log on to our website at www.thefinancialphysician.com now back to loose katigna all right, friends, thanks so much for joining us for the Financial Position, where we get together each and every Wednesday, uh, 4 o'clock on the East Coast and uh, 1 o'clock on the West Coast. That's live, and we're always available archived at uh, voiceamerica.com. You can listen to the show or past shows anytime uh, you like by just going to uh, voiceamerica.com, click on the business channel, and look up uh, my name, and you can listen to this show and all shows uh, prior to this one. Now, um, it's great to be back live. Last week, uh, I was not uh, in town. I was uh, actually in Las Vegas with my wife uh, on vacation, so we ran a, a repeat of a previous uh, week's show, and um, I was trying to make it happen where I can come live to you, but I just couldn't make it work it out. And uh, my wife, uh, as many of you know who listen to this program regularly, I hurt myself quite severely um, this summer. I, I ruptured both arms, both biceps, and 
and had surgery uh, in September to reattach them. So I've been pretty much an invalid uh, for at least six weeks thereafter. I mean, when I say invalid, I mean, I couldn't use my arms for anything, uh, including feeding myself, showering, and, and other things of daily uh, activities that people do. Uh, so I was fortunate enough in that uh, I have a wonderful wife, Susan, who uh, uh, was my nurse during that time frame. And uh, uh, now that we're feeling better, uh, uh, I decided to take her to Las Vegas as a reward uh, for uh, going over and above. <laughs> you know what they say, for better or worse. Well, that was the worst period, and it was it was tough. But right now we're on the mend. We're in physical therapy, and um, I'm, I'm relatively functional. I can't pick up anything heavy, but um, I'm on my way back, and, and I'm feeling good. And, uh, and thanks for the kind emails that, that everybody sent on that. Okay, let's get back to the news. Uh, and we're talking about how... You know, I was thinking about the show, you know, in the break, and I was saying, boy, it sounds so negative. You know, you sound so horrible, and, you know, you do every week, and would I want to, would I want to listen to my show? Would I want to spend an hour of my time listening to a guy who's coming up here giving me bad news? And believe me, I'd love to come on this program and tell you good news. The only good news out there right now is that the stock market's at record highs, up 25% for the year, whatever it is. And those of you who are heavily invested in the stock market uh, have done pretty well this year, which means that, for the most part, you're a rich person anyway to begin with. You know, if your 401k went from uh, you know 45,000 to um, to 52,000, ain't gonna change your life that much down the line. It's the millionaires that have 23% increases in their net worth uh, that really benefit when markets move like that. But it's it's a positive wealth effect. And it has a positive effect on the economy, but again, it's uh, it's uh, it's not permanent. It eventually will go the other way, and 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 people will get hurt. And that's what I'm I'm really concerned about now is that we're seeing, um, we're seeing uh, people come to the party late. These are the ones who are the last ones uh, to get a chair when you're playing musical chairs. And the way the market feels, it feels like you know when you're playing musical chairs when you were a kid and. Um, you know, the music's been going for some time now, and you think that it may go off at any second. You have one hand, you know, on the chair, okay, so you can move very quickly. That's the way this market feels. That wouldn't take much for everybody to run for the exits at one time. An event, I don't know what that event will be. Something the Fed says regarding tapering, although they'll never do it. Uh, and this market will go down. This is not the time to be running into the market. But I've been wrong. I'll admit, I thought this fall we were going to have a major downturn in the market. And I guess I just didn't um, uh, understand the effect that nonstop quantitative easing would have on stock prices. I always thought stocks went up because the economy is improving. Silly me, in 30 years of being in the markets, uh, uh, that's my experience, that when you have a growing economy coming out of a recession, I'm not talking about 1.5% growth. I'm talking about four to five percent growth. Uh, that stock prices go up. Well, that's not what we're seeing here. We're seeing stock prices go up in a stagnant economy. We're seeing stock prices go up with record high poverty, record high number of people who don't have jobs in the, Amer- in the United States of America. Ninety-one million Americans do not work. The labor participation rate down to a thirty-year low. That's the only good news, is the stock market. But it's overshadowed by 
torrents of bad news. The Fed destroying our currency through the printing of money, which always ends badly, 100% of the time. It's go all the way back to Rome, even before Rome. It always ends badly. It ends in a currency collapse and hyperinflation. Ask the Germans about it. Ask the Argentinians about it. Ask the Zimbabwe's, whatever they call them, about it. And it's going to happen here in the biggest way possible. Hopefully, we can push it off longer than I think we can. And that's my, that's my wish. That's my prayer. Because too many good people are going to get hurt. But those that will be prepared will protect themselves. That's why I tell people that worry about gold and silver on a daily basis where prices is to stop. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter now. And then when you come out and you see uh, that you feel that your government doesn't tell you the truth. That lies to you on a daily basis. From the biggest lie ever told, I would think by any president. Uh, you know, it used to be Bush Sr., you know, read my lips, no new taxes, and he raised taxes, and they killed him with it. That's humorous story in itself. <laughs> the Democrats twisted his arm to raise taxes and then nailed him on the next election. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Politics, how it goes. All right. But the biggest, the biggest lie was three lies. You can keep your doctor. If you like them, you can keep your insurance if you like it, and your insurance premiums will go down, period. I mean, this was what he said numerous times when they knew that that was not the case. An impeachable offense, in my opinion. Here's a nice article that came out last week. Census faked 2012 election jobs report. Now, this was reported in, um, uh, in the New York Post, November 18th. In the home stretch of the 2012 presidential campaign, from August to September, the unemployment rate fell sharply, raising eyebrows from Wall Street to Washington. And I said something about it right on this program. Something doesn't make sense here. The decline from, from 8.1% in August to 7.8% in September might not have been all it seemed. The numbers, according to a reliable source, were manipulated. And the Census Bureau, which does the unemployment survey, knew it. So they faked the results of the employment report to make us believe that unemployment was dropping to benefit the administration. We are truly living in the Soviet Union, my friends. This is what communist countries and totalitarian countries do. They lie. And with the help of the media, they perpetuate the lie. And when you find out it's a lot, it's too late for you to do anything about it. There's no way that Obamacare would have passed if Democrats knew what they know today. Because they're the ones who are going to have to run for re-election next year against this. They're the ones who voted for it. It's hard. They own it. They own it now. And no matter what maneuvering they do, it's not going to help them. And I'm sure they would never have voted for us, and we never would be experiencing that, this monstrosity, which is Obamacare, and millions and millions of people were being hurt by it. It never would have happened if the president didn't lie to us.
All right, we're there under our hour. Go so fast here on a financial position. I call it the fastest hour in financial talk radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Remember my website, thefinancialphysician.com. Visit my blog each and every day. My email address is lou at thefinancialphysician.com. Have a wonderful week, and please join me next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the next edition of The Financial Physician. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 